Folks, thanks everyone for tuning into the show. This one is with Rick Dancer, one of the best ones yet. Had an incredible conversation with him, and I really think you guys will like it. So here we go. Here's the show. Rick Dancer, how goes it, man? Hey, man, it is uh, so nice to meet you, and uh, we have a mutual friend. Yeah. And so that's kind of what, in this town, I guess you'd always have to have a mutual friend. You got to. Well, I mean, I reached out, uh, actually, I heard a lot of people speaking very highly of you, reached out, and then I didn't really know that we had a Monty Baxter in common until after. <laughs> yeah we got a good i love that guy and uh yeah he's on our facebook page but yeah I, I love what you're doing and when you said you wanted to come in and talk with me i went yeah i'd love to help you yeah so what have you been up to what's on top of your mind oh gosh the top of my mind right now that's kind of a scary place to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well um what do you i you know what do you want to talk about today what are you thinking <sighs> okay so i guess I you you asked me. You have something in mind. Just go ahead and ask me. Yeah, I don't so, know what it is. So you, uh, you had prostate cancer at some point in your life. Right. And what's it like thinking that you might die in the near future? Um, it's, uh, it scares the hell out of you. Yeah. You know, honestly, when, um, when I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, I'd been, I'd been going fi- every five years I was going in for a biopsy, which is they stick this large instrument about the size of a erect penis into your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. And they take samples out of your prostate and it's cutting them out of your prostate. Oh man. The first time I went in there, I looked at that and the doctor says, this is going to go in your rectum. Yeah. And I said, do you have to put a condom on that? I, it just makes me feel like I'm participating in something I don't want to participate in. They, they actually in. give it a head. They make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they take these samples out, but every time it kept coming back negative. Oh. And then when it came back after five years, came back and said you have cancer and it, everything changes your whole world changes because yeah. um you know my doctor said to me um are you afraid to die and i said no i'm afraid to never have a boner again and because when they take out if they took out your prostate now they have ways of saving there's these nerves around your prostate that actually cause you to get an erection mm-hmm. and it, they used to go in and just take everything out and then the guy was just impotent at that point so now they have ways they can save those those nerves but everybody i was talking to it wasn't sounding you know i'm, I'm calling people up and asking questions like you yeah. know <laughs> you know oh my the, God. you know how hard <laughs> that doesn't sound good to me mm-hmm. you know and so i went and did this brand new treatment uh with radiation up at OHSU and everything's preserved. So, um, I'm fine. Um, everything works well. Are you not afraid of dying though? Um, you know, I, I'm less afraid of dying because I faced it. So if somebody, so if, if I say to you, yeah. you know, you're going to die someday, you know that, yeah. but you're probably not that afraid. But see, <laughs> Everyone I've puts s- it back in mind, though. Right. <laughs> they treat but it like I've it's seen not real. it and kind of going, you know, I knew it wasn't going to kill me, but you're still kind of going, but I have cancer. My body creates cancer. So for the rest of my life, I will live knowing that I have the ability to create cancer. And you don't know that about your body yet. So that gives you, there's, there's a couple things that gives you. One, it's, the, it's a reality check, but two... Honestly, Tiger, that gives you freedom because um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say what I want. 
Yeah. I'm going to live my life the way I want and screw you. People come up and say, I didn't, I didn't like, you said this, I didn't like it. I don't give a shit. Welcome. I had cancer. Yeah. You know, I mean, I fought cancer and won and you think that what you think of me matters to me. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean it doesn't bother you when people hate you and, or somebody says something, you know, I hate Rick Dancer or whatever, or they misunderstand you. But I yeah. think I'm learning as I get older too, is that um, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. I can only be in charge of what I think of me. Yeah. And then you go out and you live your life out loud. Mm-hmm. And well, What I really think it is, is the closer you get to death, the more of a free thinker you become, the less constrained by society and the opinions of others. I agree. I agree. And I think you, you take things less seriously because you realize, you know, in the end, it's like, you know, really all you have, what do you have? Um, is, is, you know, the next breath and the next heartbeat, yep. and that can all stop, and we don't know why. You have your time and your energy. That's it. Right. The, you know, the rest is good luck. So it just causes you to kind of live a little differently, I guess, you know? And, yeah. and that had come after a whole series of losses, I guess. Um, you know, what, here's one of the things we could talk about, too, is people, you know, I think people like to look at life and, and say, what how, what is success, you know? And for me, I worked at KZI as a main anchor for 25 years or so, and I was done. And when I quit to run for Secretary of State in 2008, it was giving up everything because I couldn't go back. Um, once you've done the politics things, you've tainted yourself as a journalist, uh, yeah. you know. And so I couldn't go back. And, um, and I knew that going in. And then I lost the race for Secretary of State. And then right after that, a year later is when I had cancer. Oh, man. So you kind of go, okay, wait a second. If I'm going to plan my life, you know, I, you know, I, I, I go to the, the, the higher power. I go to God and I say, okay, here's, here's he says, okay, here, here's what's going to happen. Right? <laughs> you get to leave KEZI. Yes. Yeah. I hate it. I want to get out of here. Okay, you're going to run for office. I always wanted to. And I think, yeah, okay, I win. Mm-hmm. No, you lose. Okay. Yeah. So the third thing must be really good. Oh, yeah. it is cancer. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, yeah, but good. all those things became the best thing that ever happened to me because um, it gave me the, it, it showed me who I really am. It gave me a sense of bravery. Um, it gave me a, um, an understanding of, of value of human life and people, you know, and who's important in your life and who's not. You know, I think we all, we all fail to set up boundaries and I'm, I'm learning really well to have boundaries in my life. And there's people that can come in and there's people who can't come in, but I draw those boundaries. And when somebody comes on my page and starts bitching and screaming and moaning (sighs) and stuff, I I never used to, because I used to want to have these conversations with people. Let's hear what you think, but I'm done with that. Well, what the thing is, the more you feed the negative, they realize they can get, they can get you to respond if they're negative and then you don't respond to the positive because you're all full up. Right. You well, and, and I'm a troll attractor. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You saw well, you saw me at the at the kindness event. I got, you know, the picketers outside were, were bombarded, bombarded. And then they're screaming hater at me as I'm saying to them, um, you know, hey, we just disagree. And they're yeah. screaming hater. And I'm, I'm thinking what I want to say, but won't because it'll just fuel it. Oh, it'll just fuel is, it. You know, you know. The only people I hear hating right now is you. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that in our culture today is that, you know, we, it's really easy to try to take somebody down. We villainize people that disagree with us rather than just hearing them out and thinking, you know, maybe we just don't have to agree on stuff. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I don't agree on, you know, stuff. A hundred percent. Friends and I don't agree. I don't have to agree with people to love them. No, I think that's one of the worst directions that the world is heading is that I people are getting more teamed. Like right. I'm on a team, you're on a team. I can't really like you because right. you're on a different team than me. Right. If you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican or I'm a middle, even like I'm a, I'm a non-affiliated voter. I'm, I've been everything. <laughs> then both sides hate you. And then they both, yeah. Then they say, people actually come to me and say, you need to pick one side or the other. Yeah. And I say, bullshit. 
I don't have to pick. I don't, one, I don't have to do anything you have to that vote. you tell me to do. <laughs> yeah. Though you do have to vote. <laughs> That's the biggest problem in this yeah. country is apathy. It's people that just don't, you know, on my page, if somebody starts bitching about something, mm-hmm. I'll say, did you vote? Ooh. And if they say no, then I said, then you lose your right to bitch. Yeah. You cannot bitch on here if you did not vote. But here's the thing about voting. So we vote, but all that we know is paid for by billionaires propagandizing us. So who knows if our thoughts are even really our own at that point? Well, see, and I'm to the point now where I just, uh, I don't trust the media. You can't. And I was you in can't. it. I know. And you know, <laughs> you know, here's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. So it's... Uh, there used to be in Eugene, you'd see an old Volvo driving around um, with usually smoke coming out the back. And it's usually somebody that's more of a left type oh, yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And all the bumper stickers on the back are now Republican stickers, oh. except for coexist. But everything yeah. else, it says, kill your television. Mm-hmm. Question authority. Mm-hmm. Don't trust the media. Yeah. That used to be what Democrats and left-wing yeah. people thought. Now that's what they all switched. They flip-flop. So I said to people, so how how far apart are these people really? Mm-hmm. If you're a far left and a far right, I think you really are just around the corner from each other. Yeah. Whereas really the people that are out from those are all of us in the middle who are going, you know what? Sometimes on some things I'm left and sometimes on some things I'm you a little right. And, 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 and there's room to grow in here. But I think they, the, the fringe on the far right and left yeah. are really closer to each other and they easily switch to the other side. Bernie and Trump supporters, they say the system right now needs to change. Right. You know? And right. And what what are people looking so they what, what I think is really interesting. We're getting into politics. We yeah, said we we'll, we're gonna we'll do we'll away from But it. what's interesting <laughs> is that you have um, people that the, the the people can't figure out why Bernie and Trump are it are are um, candidates for people mm-hmm. and it's because they're not really who they say they are they're, Donald Trump is not a Republican no he's the Republicans a hate Democrat. him d- d- um, d- uh, uh, Bernie yeah. says he's a Democrat, but he's really even. I think even the Democrats are kind of like h- trying to hide from yeah, it. Same. So why is that appealing to people? Because they want somebody outside the political fence. They cut through the jargon. Yep. They're and the only, so yeah. But but they can't see. Then they can't do that. Um, the parties can't because then they'd lose their power mm-hmm. and their value. And that's would, more important than who wins or who I loses know. is that they have their power. It's absurdity. So what are you sick of in today then? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we're, we're just, to, just to jump uh, breakneck speed away from uh, politics. Okay. okay, we'll get out of that. Um, yeah, so what, do you, what have you been working on? What's, the, what's in your front view mirror? Okay, so <laughs> for me, the, the dream, um, I, I do a Facebook Live and an Instagram show. So I don't know what you really call it because it's so new that nobody else is doing it. But we do live video. And um, so I I have two brands. One's Rick Dancer, Get Real with Rick Dancer. And those are monthly clients. People around here where we we target tomorrow, I'm going to... uh, Togo's is my client, downtown business. I've got a ton of business people. The news is showing up. We're doing a live show with business owners who are fed up with the lawlessness in downtown Eugene. Nice. With the the homeless uh, stuff in Well, this is actually the law. We're we're separating those issues. This is not homeless people. These are the lawless ones. There's some homeless people out there who are really good people who aren't dumping garbage, breaking into places, uh, beating people up, that kind of stuff. So we're focusing on lawlessness. So that's going to be the show so we'll do a show on that it airs live on facebook and then we pass it around after that so that's like my business for the last four years and then a year ago my wife and i started what's called exploring the backstories Mm. 
So Toyota Regional, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, yeah. they're our sponsor out of Portland. Nice. And they sponsor us, and we go to Wallowa County, Harney County, and we do stories, some produced videos, some live videos, some clips, and we give away a contest, a getaway contest, where you go where we go. So oh, cool. we went to Cave Junction, and we did this Tarzan swing, where they ju you jump out of the top of a tree and hang on to this bungee thing. Yeah. It scared the hell out of me. You're hooked in, right? You, huh? You're hooked in? Yeah. Okay. You're harnessed in, <laughs> and it's like a bungee tube. But yeah. you, you, you cannot help but say the F word when you fly. Yeah. Because it is scarier than hell. But we do that and show people who the people are, mm -hmm. what they believe, what they do, what nice. they eat, the beer places that are there. So it's like kind of like a travel vlog, but, mm -hmm. but more uh, depth. So we're really doing... We just did one in Harney County, and my wife and I went... I uh, stayed a couple nights at a uh, a ranch, and we were actual ranch hands. Oh, wow. So you're not. It's not a dude ranch, and it's not coddling. You're you're you, you go you get up and you're riding horses twelve hours a day, and you're bringing cattle in. But and you're, you're sore in the, after that. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you know what, Tiger? It was so. It's like one of those. It's like the best. I was having a bad day one day, and, and this friend of mine said, "Think of the best, think of where you want to be right now." And it was back on that horse oh, with wow. those cattle because I felt they felt natural. It felt. Um, away from the shit. There's something to it. You know? Here's and the thing. When you're spending, because um, you obviously have to be on your computer a lot of the time, right. we're not hardwired to find that rewarding. So it doesn't feel good. You get done doing all this, like, man, like, necessary work you just feel bad you feel right. like you haven't done shit today right, you know right right i can't stand it i think you have to have some kind of activity and, and i just I, the thing i love about what i do is my okay so i'll tell you this is this is if if you want rick dancer in a nutshell it's um my i have a business coach and she says to me about a year and a half ago so why do you do what you do and i mm. said i've always done what i do for the same reason i believe that people deserve a voice and that it doesn't matter if i agree with them yeah and she says okay, but why? And I said, well, don't you think that's a good enough reason? She goes, doesn't matter what I think. Why do you think that? So I sat there and thought about it for a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden I kind of started to cry. And I went, oh, my God, my dad never listened to me. My dad would come to me. He was a negotiator, yeah. and he'd come to me. That's his business. That's his job. And he'd come and say, what do you think we should do about this? I'd tell him, and he'd go do something else mm. all the time. I mean, even when he died. The last thing he did, I won't get into the details, but even the last thing he did to me was ignore me. Wow. And so she looked at me and said, so your father's dysfunction is what created the man you are. And I went, yeah. I bet you listen to your kids. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, I do. Yeah. So that's what changed everything for me is knowing why I do what I do nice. because I'm passionate about that. I mean, I want people to succeed and I want them to find their voice in the conversation. So when I get pissed, what pisses me off is when people scream at me and you call me a hater and aren't listening to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, I, so my whole business is built off of giving people a voice, whether it's rural Oregon, whether it's a rancher in in uh, the Steens Mountain, whether it's uh, uh, tomorrow on my car wash show. I've got a really cool guy, Matthew, who's a, a recovering meth addict who has starting a group for chefs in town who are a sobriety for chefs group. Nice. Um, so he's going to get to get in the car with me. We're going to drive through the car wash and he's going to tell me why he's doing what he's doing, why he cooks me a little meal. Yeah. So we try to make him entertaining, but we also make it so there's, there's, you know, people cry, it's depth, they laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we do everything because it's, I think that the, the 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 current institutional media is still regurgitating the bullshit 
that it's that it finds on the wire mm-hmm. what anybody else says and i just think people are tired yeah so that's what it was like when you're at kzi you just couldn't give people actual voices how to be sound bites or what well so when i was at kzi i got i kind of got to do what i wanted to do nice. because i was there for so long i was had some stature i was an anchor so i could pick my stories and i always did stories on people like really in depth you know if there was a killing in town the chances are that the family of the victim would talk with me because they knew that I had a reputation that I wasn't there to screw them. I wasn't mm-hmm. there to get, take advantage of them. I was just there to get their story. Yeah. But then towards the end, as media got started changing, the last three or four years, all they wanted was me to be a, a semi-pretty face in the newsroom, talking on camera, being the main anchor. Mm-hmm. And I was a reporter anchor. Yeah. So I wanted to be the main anchor, but I wanted to do my reporting. And they were taking that away from me. So that's why I had to get you're out. You're like a weatherman, but just for- Yeah, yeah. I'm just another, you know, it's like you're a bobblehead. Yeah. And they were trying to create you into a bobblehead. And I wanted to be out doing stuff that was that mattered. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so that's what I get to do now is, nice. um, I have a client that is in Florence and they're a memory care place. Okay. So first I signed him up and I thought, what the hell am I going to do with people losing their memory? And what we have done is we take them into the community and, and give them new memories. So through my show, I become part of this little group of people and the ladies all love me. So I go down and Rick's here. Mm -hmm. And one of them, one of the ladies was in an opening band for the beach boys. No way. She couldn't remember who. So the next show we had her sister on and her sister filled in all the blanks for her. And so we sh- people were just going, holy shit, you're kidding me. That's but nuts. see, there's these people out yeah. there and we devalue them, but mm-hmm. we're trying to give them more value yeah. just by letting them to, and, and showing people how to treat them. You know what I mean? That they're not, they're not worthless people. That they're, has got to be the most motivating thing. Yeah. I imagine the last couple of years at KZI, you'd wake up and you just want to stay in bed, but now you probably jump out of bed. Yeah. Now I want to go to work and get to do the things that I get to do. Mm-hmm. And plus it's, you know, because I'm, I'm like what you're doing, um, you know, if I if I want to say, you know, knock that shit off, yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. And on TV, it was always having to be Mr. Nice Rick Dancer. And I'm not yeah. that nice a guy, and I had to be a nice guy for 25 years. So when you get rid of that, yeah. and all of a sudden you can just be Rick Dancer, I have people come up to me and they'll say, a lot of times they'll say, I never thought you would be like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's usually, that's a compliment. But yeah. then I also have a lot more people that hate me Fuck because em. all of a sudden... <laughs> They're seeing what I really think, mm-hmm. not what the anchor man thinks, but yeah. what Rick Dancer thinks. And because we live in a society that judges based on whether you agree with me, um, that makes makes you some enemies. But I'm just not all that concerned about it. Yeah, you're you know fighting I mean? the good fight. Because I'll tell you what, you guys, the millennials, you're a millennial, yeah? I think I'm a couple years younger. Are you? Fuck it. But a millennial. millennial. How old are you? Uh, 22. Okay. Oh, you're yeah. a kid. Yeah. God, you're a little kid. <laughs> I'm young. <laughs> you could be mine. <laughs> I got a 32-year-old and a 30. 30- Holy cow. They're millennials. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you, but you know, I think that's a lot of my audience because um, I think they look at a 60-year-old guy who is on the kind of cutting edge of doing things. And, and, and I work with people your age, most of the people I'm working around. Yeah. And when they say, Rick, you should try this. I do it. Nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't sit there and go, so yeah, but you know, the way we always did it, yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's how My generation left. is dying, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, slowly, but we're not in tune with this stuff. And that's the biggest thing they get is like, they'll come up and go, dude, you are so awesome. Cause you, you'll talk about this yeah. stuff because your generation, you guys are done mm-hmm. with the bullshit and you really want authenticity. That's what we you're do. looking people for. People are fed up. I think people of all ages are I, fed up. I do too. But I think 
the older generations, mm -hmm. they want truth. But the problem with truth is that we base it on our belief. Yep. So everything in my truth you know, serum that I'm going to have is yeah. based on what I truly believe. So then yes. it gets, we get very narrow-minded because mm -hmm. all of a sudden I must be right because that's what I believe. Rather than going, you know, um, my Jewish friends, they believe this. Mm -hmm. So their 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 truth is going to be a little different than someone else's. You gotta respect them for it, right? And and you can learn from that. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I study now with a a, a guy who does Hebrew. All right, with um, Torah talks, huh? With Torah, with Torah talks, yeah. Nice. I study with a guy who t studies Hebrew, and I'm seeing a whole different facet of a faith, not a religion, yeah. that I'm a part of, and it's I, I I love it because I'm learning. What's the beautiful part of religion? What's the or faith? What's the what's the draw for you? For faith? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like, it seems obvious, but like what, why do you go to Torah talks? Why do you, why do you believe? Why it? do I, um, what's the, God, you're going to get me. Now you're going to push me, aren't you? I, I, I can't imagine a single person who would fault you for having a faith in something. No, I have, I, I have a faith in Yehovah, um, mm. the God of Israel, the, the Hebrew God. Um, um, I, I believe that I'm here, um, I honestly believe that he guy he's he's I end up doing stuff. Um, he how do I say this? He just brings people into my life. Nice. I mean, I I believe I'm creating a, a story, mm -hmm. you know. And my story. I'm gonna pick up a book here. So my story has more pages on this side than this side. Yeah. Your story has more pages on the right than the left. I see what you mean. So, so I'm here. I got to start writing fast. Small, small, write. I want to write a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so what that does is I think that how, how and I'm just going to use God because that's what most people yeah. think of it, but I, 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 I find it funny because everybody calls him God when really there's a ton of gods. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about Yehovah. And cool. when he, I think that when I go out in the world, like when I met with Matt the other day, I'm not being a Christian, yeah. I don't even call myself a Christian. I follow Christ, but I follow him from a Hebrew's perspective. So I believe when he says, take care of the widow, the orphan, and the poor, and love your neighbor, mm -hmm. and all that, it doesn't mean I have to accept cultural whatever, their truth, yeah. but it means that I go out and I love people based on not who they are, but just the fact that they are. Yes. So I walk into a room with Matt, and I and I... I've never met him before, mm -hmm. and I go stand up because he he wrote me, and I got I'm gonna have him on the show, and then um, he writes me and says, "Rick, I can't be there. I'm so sorry. I had a diabetic attack, and I'm at the hospital." <sighs> so I'm like, "Well, are you okay? Yeah. When do you get out? Tonight. Okay. So later on, it was night, and it's like five o'clock, and I yeah. text him and I said, "Are you out? No, I have to stay overnight. I said, "Would you let me know in the morning when you get out? Yeah. Yeah." So when I walked into the room, he gets up and we just hugged. See, now to me, that's doing, that's, I don't know how to explain this, but that's like Yehovah mm -hmm. showing me, 
here's a person, I'm putting them in your life. Oh, I'll even be really honest with you. I think that's with you too. You come into my life and it's like, okay, so this is a, this is a character you're bringing into my story. So I'm going to honor that and love these people and care about them. And, and, and this is going to make both of our stories different, Absolutely. bigger yeah. and broader. So if you took everything, so that's to me, that's faith. Mm-hmm. That's not a religion. Yeah. That's a lifestyle. And so I'm like, I have people from all different camps of places coming into my world. Mm-hmm. And um, to, because w- when you go to a movie, don't you, the more characters they bring in or the crazier they yep. are, yep. you know, speaking of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but, yeah. but you know, the more crazy they are, the more it Rich challenges you. Yeah. yeah. Everything. You know why this is so beautiful is because um, I'm kind of cultivating my own religion based off a lot of them, but my, the basis of it is I am is a complete statement. You don't have to defend like, who are you? Like, right. I am, that's good right. enough. Like my existence is is valid in and of itself. And right. yours is the opposite of that. You see people as valid in and of itself. Right. That's a beautiful thing. See, and I see them as, as I, I mean, there's this line in the, in the Torah, in the Old Testament, and it says, um, Treat others with, fight for justice. I'm giving you the Rick Dancer version. Yeah. But it's basically fight for justice for everyone else, but not for yourself. Mm. And what does modern culture do? Fight for if yourself. I'm, if I am, um, okay, so um, I, I'm, I'm a white privileged male. <laughs> Who the hell do I fight for? Um, if I was someone, um, if I was gay and I'm fighting for gay rights, mm-hmm. but see, then I'm also fighting for myself. Yeah, and so then what that does, and this is very sketchy because this will piss some people off, but it's mm-hmm. but, but but it's to purify it. Mm-hmm. I need to fight for people, like I as a white privileged white male, yeah. I need to fight for gay rights for other people okay. because it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, but I'm fighting for them. If I get my tit in the ringer and get mm-hmm. myself in here, then all of a sudden it's about somewhere in there, it's a selfish motivation. And you mm-hmm. listen to people when they're talking about stuff like this, it comes back to them. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. I want to do it the way Yehovah says, which is to, I'm going to make sure you, Tiger, get the justice that you're supposed to have for whatever it is, but it, it has nothing to do with me then feeling. And, and the other thing I do, I think you, one of the things that's just bullshit in our culture is that... Um, you know, I, I love, I hear people do this. Yeah. You know, I love at Christmas time, we go and we help, um, we, you know, we get food for people. And it just, I, I feel so good. Yeah. So did you do that because it's the right thing to do? Or did you do that because you feel so good? Now, do you think that invalidates it though? No, if I do, there's you know? nothing wrong with feeling good. <laughs> yeah. But what if it feels bad to be good? kind to people what if mm. it feels it didn't feel good to me talking you know what i wanted to do with those processes i want to turn to him and go bullshit you are such hypocrites you know i mean i wanted to yell back at him yeah. it didn't feel good to stand there and go you know we just disagree mm-hmm. and they're 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 maiming my name oh, yeah. rick dancer you're a hater oh yeah you know i want to stick up for myself it did not feel good being kind but mm-hmm. i was kind and then i left yeah so that's what i'm saying so i'm not saying people shouldn't feel good doing things what i'm saying is we really have to be careful that we're not doing it because it feels good for us mm-hmm. but we're doing it because because i think mother Teresa. You know how many, Mark Hatfield was a senator in Oregon. I did a documentary on him, so I know him like the back of my hand. Um, He and Mother Teresa were really good friends, and he was in Calcutta one time, and he said to her, you know, you save a thousand and millions starve to death. 
Yeah. How do you deal with that? And she says, I was not called to save the world. I was called to be faithful. Mm. And you go, so it didn't feel good to do her job because more, way more people were dying than she was saving. Yeah. But she did it because she knew it was the right thing to do. And that's mm. kind of what I'm th- saying yeah. is you, you feed people because it's the right thing to do. You don't do it because, um, you know, oh, it, it was such a good example for the children. Is it a good example for the children? But would be a better example is going, you know, this is really it's just not fun, you know, and it, and it's cutting into our Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're just doing it cause it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I would rather see that kind of authenticity and Absolutely. honesty than somebody, you know, you know, here's what we're doing and see, but we've learned in our culture, public relations. As soon as the camera's on you, that's how you're supposed to it's, act. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's sickening. Oh yeah. And I then, mean, if you sit and think about, if you mm-hmm. watch a show yeah. and you see all the self promotion, I mean, it's just like, I was going to say something really gross, but I won't say Yeah. No, I honestly think a lot of the media, not even like necessarily news, but you watch these shows like Friends and The Office and all these things and the kind of friendships that they have in there and all these different things. You're like, it's such an unreal expectation right. of what reality is actually like. Right. We're busy. We're, right. you know, humans are just trying to. How many friends do people really have that are like that? You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think many of us have that kind of time. For no, that. we don't have time. Plus there's this expectation that I'm supposed to have these people in my life and this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm kind of of the mind like Amani, you know, it's like, I love this guy. This yeah. is a mutual friend of the two of ours. And he's in Italy. Yeah. And, but he still writes me. I'm still doing a letter of recommendation for him. I mean, we're connected. And when he comes back, it's just like he never left. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a true friend. 100%. It's not some of the people you're around all the time just yep. because you see them. And I, and I think too, Tiger, that there's, um, you know, that's kind of the definition to me for, for me of love too, is are Ooh. you, are you really, are you willing to, um, do the hard stuff? Yeah. And I think that's what, to me, what God tells you to do is. But here's the thing. There's always a, a, an edge. What if you do have a friend that you really love and they're just depressed year after year after year? What if they're starting to drain you? What, oh, then you get away. You got to, at some point you have to cut. One of the things I've learned, and just, to, I mean, this is like fresh stuff. This is like, yeah, you're getting yeah, shit yeah, right out of the, right out the new stuff, is the boundary thing. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, there's it talks about boundaries, setting boundaries in your life. And so what are some boundaries we set that are pretty natural? You know, I don't drink and drive. Yep. You know, there's a mm-hmm. boundary that gets set there. Yeah. Um, you know, but we are so afraid. So I think I'm learning there, you know, I'm, I'm learning to block people mm-hmm. going, you know what, you just make me sick yeah and you 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 you're they take you, your energy they're, right. they're like vampires of your and see if we and we i think we think we don't have that right to mm-hmm. do that and yeah. then in relationships i mean you're married yeah so you have boundaries you don't get to sleep around with other women and you're so there's a boundary that's set absolutely and because you know there's a penalty if you do that mm-hmm. um there's going to be you know it's going to be a horrible thing yeah. so i think that's one of the things for me that's really powerful is just to set different boundaries in my life. Mm-hmm. And that comes with work. That comes with clients who I work with. If somebody doesn't work out to be a great client, it's, it's okay for them mm-hmm. to move on. And I, I new people, this is where I trust and have faith. I always have people stepping into my world. The more people you trust, the more you realize that a lot of people aren't really right. trying to take advantage. Like if you come at Isn't people, trust hard though? Not for me, because I haven't had I have anyone trust, break my trust. See, I've had trust issues because I've had people to you know steal ten thousand dollars from my business and things like that. So you get to this point, but I'm rebuilding it because my coach yeah. came to me and she says to me, "Are you ready to create a new story? Nice. This would be the fun thing to do. Yeah, create if if we all have a story and we have things from our childhood that come up or our past or mm-hmm. our you know present, and and we base oh." 
doing that again, yeah. you know, and then you just took that person and wrote them off. Mm-hmm. So what if you're really open to going, I want to create a new story of who Rick Dancer is and what he's been. It doesn't mean that I'm going to invalidate what's happened to me. It doesn't mean I'm going to trust every person that comes in, but it means that I'm going to give, um, I'm, I'm not going to keep repeating that shit yeah. uh, to take me back to that place again. And I think we all kind of do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We all have these algorithms, <laughs> but here's the thing. So I say, I don't, have trust problems but like if i if i just bought like a laptop i wouldn't trust someone else to carry it because i wouldn't want to put them in the position where if they drop it they'd have to pay me i just don't put people in positions where an accident could ruin my trust right so i think that's the reason i'm like just setting boundaries it's the most important thing you can do right and i think like with our you know in our relationships when you have children Mm -hmm. um, then you have to set boundaries with work i remember my work used to say uh you know we need to have a meeting after work i said i'm here 12 hours a day and when i'm done you were at kzi for 12 hours a day yeah i'd go in at nine and get out at um um, well, I get seven, so I'd get <laughs> oh. out of ten. So I was ten hours a day. But then on weekends, a lot of times at night, I'd go do an event. Yeah. And on weekends, I was hosting this thing or hosting that thing, not getting paid extra. It was all part of my <sighs> what I did, and I loved that part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I had was a popular anchor is because yeah. I did. That's most people's dream job, and you were sick of it. Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you a fun story. Um, God, I had been anchoring for like. Four or five years, and the station came to me and said, "We're taking you off the air. You're the weak link." We had a consultant come in, what? and he says, "You're, um, you're, you're the weak link on the anchor desk." So for a year, yeah. I anchored the news for them because they couldn't find anybody else, and they'd I'd anchor it, and these people would come in and test for my job, mm-hmm. and I had to just suck it up and sit there. A year to the day, they had a new marketing company come in. Mm-hmm. Marketing company called me into a room and said, we did surveys on you. You have the highest Q rating of anyone we've ever yeah. seen. We're going to recommend they pay you X amount of dollars more. And then every manager in the departments had to sit and tell them, tell me they were sorry. Nice. It was the best. You know, there's a thing in the Old Testament where you, you will sit with your enemies <clears throat> at a table. That's mm-hmm. what it was. It was like sitting there and these people had basically belittled me for a year and they had to come back and say they were sorry so and it also was see there's a trust thing there is going having the faith and going okay so i I think you know what i when i was a kid i was really super shy i mean you no i really was doubt it i doubt it no it's true (laughs) don't believe it i i i had a speech class in high school and i got an f because I wouldn't get up in front of 30 kids and give a speech on how to make a sandwich. Oh, man. And I was just petrified yeah. because people made fun of me and I didn't want to get up and have people make fun of me. So I had a boss at a lumber yard mm-hmm. and he came to me and he said, Rick, um, two by, these people want two by fours, nails, and bullshit. And you're not giving them bullshit. <laughs> what he meant by bullshit was relationship. Yeah, just keep it up. And when I left eight years later, he said, I think we created a monster. Yeah. Um, he had changed my life. This one man took time for me nice. and taught me how to love people. And I'd have people waiting in line for me because I remembered, oh, wait, Tiger, you, now you, you were building a deck. Yeah. How's, now how's your kid, Bill? Wow. I knew, I because I, mean, I, I cared about these mm-hmm. people. So that is the most valuable skill I ever took. I didn't learn shit in college. I learned how to get my assignments in on time. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. This is this. It is Do a you bullshit. Have your kids it's political. Go to public you, school? Huh? Did you still have your kids go to public school though? Or yeah, when you did? My kids did, yeah. How did you? Knowing knowing seeing what the system is that it just makes them into followers. But see, for me, neither one of my kids are followers. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> but for me, I was in a public job and I thought I need my kids to go to a public school because I don't want to be I, I had a neighbor who was on the school board and his kids went to private school. 
How how much yeah, credibility is that? Is that? I mean, that, you know what I mean. How, mm-hmm. That's so hypocritical, and yeah. I told him that. But my, so I wanted because I was a public person. I wanted my kids in a public school. But we they went to a little teeny school out in Camp Creek where we live. Mm. Seventy kids. It was like being in a private school that nice. was publicly funded. Yeah. And then when they got the high school. They went and did their own thing. One of my kids graduated from college. The other one, we just said, don't do it. And both of them are, are doing great. Um, one's, a, one's a hunting and fishing guide in Montana. Yeah. And the other one works up in Portland, got a degree at the U of O and works in Portland. And, nice. and um, they're, But they're both really independent people because mm-hmm. um, I think that's just how we are, you know? Right. Yeah. And You seem very conscious present like you're you're in the moment i'm curious does that come recently like since the brush with death or your whole life you've just been really it seems like if you ever if you ever had social things or not good at public speaking you would be almost one step removed from the present but see i think what happened was um there's a there's the little 11 year old ricky dancer and and (laughs) he and he was that little kid who just wanted to get off the bus Mm -hmm. and get down the driveway before somebody screamed out the window something oh, nasty man. to him. So that's how I lived my life up to that point. So I created the Rick Dancer. Mm. Not meaning to, but I had but to have genuine. a protection. You're genuine, though. Yeah. Were you not for a while? No, I think, you know, I think, well, you know, really, if you go back, though, I think I was as genuine as I could be. But if you're on the mm. news and everybody's paying attention to you and everybody knows you, you get a real false sense of how really amazing you are. Because <sighs> yeah. everybody's telling you all the time, you're mm-hmm. awesome. Oh yeah. my God, I watch you all the time. You're I must be something else. Yeah. So then when I left and I ran for public office, I found out I was a piece of <laughs> shit. That's well, because you're Republican in the most <laughs> green state <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> but you, I think in any of that, you find out how, how really valueless um, my job on TV was to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. To the fans, those are the ones that tell you, but to the other people, they weren't. Yeah. So I think I've always been as authentic as I could be, mm-hmm. but I think at that, you know, now, compared to that, that's why I think people come up to me, they go, oh my God, I can't believe you are so different. Because you know what it is? And I still see people that I know, not many, that are still in the news business. And I'll say, and I can just, I see it in them. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I'm going, oh my God, I did that. Oh man. You know, and I, you had yeah. to. And now I can go up to people and I can just be really real. Nice. So that's why I call my show Get Real with Rick Dancer because yeah. there's, you know, I mean, we all have things we cover up in our life. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I know, um, I know that by like my thing in life, I think my, 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 you know, I don't think I have a mission. I don't think I have a, you don't, I don't think at I the have end of your a, life. You won't have a, a one sole thing, just helping others. Even I don't think I have a mission or a purpose. I think mm-hmm. if I was sitting down at like, if you and me, if you were God and I'm mm-hmm. Rick and I just, and I Hello, say, Rick. Hi, Rick. <laughs> so, and I say to you, so what do you want me to do? And he, I, I think he turned to me and go, you know, honestly, Rick, just, just go live your life. Have fun with Dude, it. I gave you. Every breath you're taking is because of me. Yeah. Every heartbeat is because of me. So go, yeah. go do it. And That's, so what if I, and, and, and so what if I mess up? Did you, have you read the Torah? Have you read the Bible? Yeah. Everybody messed up yeah. and they're all in there. All mm-hmm. the superstars are like David. He fucked everything in, on earth. Yeah. You know, he was screwing a lady, a girl. He kills the lady's husband. I mean, this is like a, a drama soap opera made for uh, Netflix, you yeah. know? And, and I think he, it, it's, you know, I, I feel like when you, when you have, we used to raise pigs. Mm-hmm. 
number four H, a pig's eyes are on the side of their head. Yeah. So you have this board with a handle that you hold on to, so they can't see where you're going when you're trying to get them to move into a trailer. Yeah. And they, um, they're, they're a 280 pound animal and they're really squatty and short to the ground. So you can't, when they stop, mm-hmm. you can't move them. Oh yeah. So I feel like I'm the pig and God has these blinders on me yeah. and he's just saying, you know, Rick, just move. Don't stop. And even if you're way off track, just don't stop. Keep moving. Because once you stop, then I've got to deal with your depression. I've got to deal with your attitude. You've been depressed at some point? Oh, I struggle with depression. Even still. Oh, even still. It seems like here's the thing. So once you realize that all you have is your breath, why would you ever waste your time being sad? Because you're human. And it's it's an illness. But that's something you're maybe told by society. And then you say, like, do you mean deep rest is in you just have no energy, you're tired, you just want to stay in bed, or you are sad? I mean, where I just see no reason. Oof. I mean, it's a, it's, it, it's, if you don't have it, you can't relate to it. It's not having the blues. No. It's like when, and I don't get it too often, but I have to talk myself. Sometimes I'll just, you know, I'll get that and I'll sit here. Mm-hmm. I had it a few weeks ago and, and uh, on a Saturday. And my wife just kind of, Okay. One know. day depression. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's what it happens for me. I okay, just get yeah. really, I can't do it anymore. Things yeah. are just there and I can't get myself back up. Mm-hmm. And so she says, why don't we just go to this movie? And it was Western stars, Bruce Springsteen movie. Okay. And we went to it and I sat there and I bawled through the whole thing. It's a fabulous movie because he's really, he's talking about the same thing. He struggled yeah. with depression. He's talking about life. And, and it's you know crazy I, how God puts the perfect things in your life. at the It perfect is. Time. See, that's what I it's mean. It's unbelievable. I don't have to orchestrate this shit. Yeah. It just happens. And see, and I, I really think that, um, I think that this is how, this is what I, I, I would never put this on anybody else, but my form of depression for me is the balancing factor in my life. I am a super creative person. I got things going on in my head where I can just, I mean, I have ideas and ideas. You're creating and I, content. You're yeah, creating stuff constantly. But, but in order to do that, mm-hmm. I have to be so in touch with those feelings yeah and that's hard Mm -hmm. because human feelings are like they're they're draining Mm -hmm. and people coming to you and going rick and i'm i'm hearing him and i'm i'm your 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 soul's kind of pulling shit out of them and and then at you know you get to a point where it's just overload yeah but i still i think that's just part of who i am so i understand that when i'm in that place i'm Mm -hmm. never like for weeks yeah. at a time. This is like a day or a couple of days mm-hmm. where I'll be down. And it only happens like maybe three, four times a year. Yeah. But um, your wife never, just recognizes it now and says, Rick, yeah. let's go to a movie. Yeah. Nice. She, well, she knows and she just kind of, you know, she's really good at it. She doesn't get in my way. Nice. Because if you start oh. going, you know, just think of something else. And it's yeah. like, okay, now guess what? There's this, there's a lashing tongue here and I'm going to say things you don't want to hear. Because you just get, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like when I had cancer and people come up and say, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> I said, really? That helps. Because your definition of fine changed when the doctor said, Rick, you have cancer. Because yeah. fine for you is you get to walk away and you don't mm-hmm. have cancer. I have cancer and yeah. I'm not. Fine? Really? Yeah. That <laughs> goes back to the healthy person wants a, a million things. The sick person just wants one thing. Right. To be healthy. Right. Yeah. I can't, ima- I can't imagine, first off, what it's like to have kids and second off to be told you might die. I right. mean, you've had two phenomenal things. We're, we're, we are on different sides of the book right now. Right. What advice would you have to young 22-year-old Ricky? God, you know what, Tiger? I just say, um, especially with your name. Is that really your name? <laughs> yeah, that's really my name. Is that how you spell it, really? Yep. <laughs> Hippie parents. I would. Okay, so what does that, what does that mean? What does what mean? Tiger? Tiger? Do you know? 
uh, just it's a cool name. My dad and his friends used to just call each other Tiger, and everyone's like, you can't name your kid that. And so he's like, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna name my kid? I, this might piss some people off, and I might not. Kenzie really doesn't want me to. God, you might get in trouble. I know. I might. I think it might be illegal. <laughs> but just to show people, it's like you can really do anything in life. Like you are single player game. This is this like all reality is for you, but it's all for everyone. Right. Everyone is their own god. See, you I think everything. I think that you can. Um, for me, I think that you're. I, I honestly believe that we, as parents, we name our kids what to me Ooh. the creator wants you to name them. Mm-hmm. So you come up with this idea and what it is. So tiger obviously is going to mean fierce. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, so to me, Richard means kingly one. Mm-hmm. It means um, uh, lion-hearted. Mm. And see, that's who I am, but I wasn't as a kid. So I developed into who my name is. But if you grow up and you know, I have so many friends named Jason. I always end up with friends named Jason. Yeah. And Jason means healing spirit. Mm. And they're always, why am I always finding people who heal my spirit in my life? That's awesome. Yeah. And, they, and it's not like I'm looking for Jasons. Mm-hmm. It's just they pop into my life and you start going, you know, maybe there's something to this stuff. Yeah. And I love that kind of shit. What you does know? healing mean to you though? Like if you're not... Healing? Yeah. People that make you allow you to think about things you have these deep conversations yeah. where I don't feel like they're not laying hands on me and healing me yeah. they're by interacting with me mm-hmm. then it challenges me and makes me see myself for who I really am because yeah. I think my biggest one of my biggest issues is just not seeing myself clearly um, I you tend to I tend to see myself as the world sees me sometimes yeah. and I have to go back in and go, no, who is Rick Dancer really? Mm-hmm. Because you, when you live that way, I mean, I mean, you saw it at that thing. It's like, there's just people lining up to say mm-hmm. stuff and oh, say stuff. And, I could and barely I get a word in edgewise. So I was like, <laughs> hey, Rick Dancer with Tiger Gruber, I'll, I'll see you on Wednesday. Man. And, I, and I don't, I don't, you know, and I, I, oh, I, I cherish that. It's oh, great. Yeah. You but, gotta be grateful. But. but there is this thing where you're going, you know, when I sit down with Amelia, mm-hmm. who is the young lady that I presented with, uh, she experiences Down syndrome. She doesn't give a shit who I am. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I gravitate to. When you meet people, I get along really well with people in the different abilities community because they, oh, hi, Rick. They care about that, but they love me for me, mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not for being Rick Dancer. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then that's why the authenticity for me is is really, um, um, well, here's, here's, some, here's kind of an interesting story. Um, there's a guy in town named Jimmy Reynolds. He has elephantiasis. His face is very distorted. Oh, yeah. Um, I went and did a story on him one time, and I have this on my uh, my on my uh, website. I'll link, my I'll link all your stuff in the description. Okay, it's on there, and I, I put the question on what does God look like, because when I talk to Jimmy, um, he is very hard to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I don't mean that <laughs> Being in a mean really way. kind with it there. No, no I'm but not. Yeah. I, I, he just is very. It's it's very. And so when I went to the interview, I said, God, please just don't let me look at him and go, you know, like have a look that he probably sees from other people. Well, why do you think he's hard to look at? Is it because you are afraid that you might be? Pers- no, you know? it's just because you look and he has elephantiasis, so everything's yeah. deformed, mm-hmm. like really deformed on yeah. his face. So it's it's not. I mean, it's not just a person that doesn't isn't good looking. Mm-hmm. It's a person that kind of is a little bit scary. Yeah. And, and yet he's the gentlest, most nice man. So I'm talking to him. I'm doing this story. And I says to him, um, so what, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? And he goes, my grandmother told me that I was created in the image of God. Therefore, God must look like me. 
and it just blew me away. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, I started crying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if God isn't beautiful? What if he doesn't look like Brad Pitt or George Burns or all these creations that we have? What if he's really not a good looking man? Or what if he's all of us? But, but that's, well, I believe that too. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, the thought is, so people, mm-hmm. I get more comments on that on my YouTube channel than yeah. anything. And people scream at me, how dare you call God ugly? Oh, man. And I'm going, what if he is not, what if beauty is not really what we think of as beauty and yeah. it's really something different? Well, then it makes you, it has to challenge everything in your existence, everything mm-hmm. we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So see that to me, that's like, oh, that's, that's the good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm, I am so done with lightweight conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, intimacy is what we don't talk about intimacy. Yeah. Because it's always sex, and I, and I love sex. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But I'm talking about an intimacy among human beings, mm-hmm. among people that you can have these conversations. Like, this is a very intimate conversation you and I are having. I love it. <laughs> and so what happens when you do that? Now you and I are connected in a different way. Mm-hmm. So now there's a friendship there that goes, okay, he knows more about me. Because I really, I know there's people in the audience who are listening to this, but all I see is you right now. Yeah. So I know, and this is how, if you can do this with people, um, you know, and, and, and when you get into a conversation with people and you can sit down and really let them see who you really are, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, we're afraid of that. And yet it's the richest thing that we have as human beings amongst each other. That's all we have. Yeah. That's why just like when you feel good going out doing the, the rope swinging and all your shows and stuff, it's the, the person-to-person connection that makes it worth doing the computer shit right. for two hours. Right. It's when I hear somebody um, like... When, when I ask a question, and, and, and if, if somebody asked me the other day, what do you think you're the best at? Because I'm, I'm a really good writer. I love to yeah. write. Do I you, though? Lo- oh, Who loves writing? I love <laughs> to write. Oh, my God. Not like a big, long novel. I don't yeah. give a shit about writing a book. I love writing things that just say, you know, like, like little thoughts today when my tire was flat mm. and say, my day was deflated. Yeah. Um, it's, it started off a little flat. Hopefully it filled up. But you up. know, it's going to get better from here. Yeah. And then putting some con- conjection, you know, just putting some perspective on life. Um, that's my favorite thing. But I think what I'm best at is asking really good questions. Oh. I love to get people in a place where they're comfortable. We're talking. And I don't think about it. I'm just doing it. And then you say, so why, why does this matter? Yeah. And watch them go. And I've had people just like, I used to have photographers that work with me and they'd say, people tell you things they shouldn't tell you. And I go, I know, because they trust me and I never reveal that. But I mean, just to be able to ask that because that creates an intimacy. And and that's why I think people, when they're done talking with me or interviewing with me is they feel really connected. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, quite honestly, I just, I I fit better with the misfits. I don't fit. I don't fit. Well, you don't fit within genuine people, people who are one step right. away from, you know, or like one, one, one step removed. But did you know, I, I you like, you always knew that I never, like, I never fit in the popular group. Yes, people think I'm like, yes, you did. No, I really did not. I don't even believe no, it. No, you're wrong. You are 100% <laughs> wrong. And that's what people think. And it's like, no, I'm a misfit. I am better with, um, with people that are struggling. Do you think you'd like you if you met you? If you um, met a polar, do you, or do you think you wouldn't get along? I don't know. That's two big personalities meeting. Yeah. You know, I can, I think I can honestly say I'd have to get to know me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I rub people the wrong way. Um, Everyone does. I get, I get, I get people, you know, you're arrogant 
and because I'm confident. And it's not that I'm confident. It's not that I think I have anything over everybody else. It's that I know I know exactly what I'm good at, mm-hmm. and I know all the other shit that I'm terrible at. Yeah. And so I like to do. So you're good at this podcasting. So. I let you kind of, you know, you're, you're doing what you're going to do, yeah. but I want to learn this from you. Mm-hmm. But then I love teaching people what I do and how I ask One questions of my or what I do. Things. Yeah. So to me, that's like, that's how it works. But, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are offended by it because if you're insecure and then you get around somebody who's secure, yeah. um, and, and it doesn't mean I don't have my insecurities. What are you but, insecure about? Huh? What are you insecure about? You're bad. <laughs> what am I insecure about? If you say you have your insecurities. Well, I'd have to think about this. One thing I am curious about, if, do you have anything that you've been addicted to in life in terms of like time sucks or maybe like exercising too much to where you hurt yourself or addicted to watch? Like, 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 have you had anything yeah, I'm ad- in your I'm, life? I'm addicted to, to working out. Oh, I thought you were going to say ecstasy. I was like, no. well. <laughs> no, to working out would be like... Yeah, I mean you... it's. I mean it's. Yeah, I I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think part of that's from cancer because when I had cancer, my doctor said to me, "I'm going to blast you with radiation, and then you, I'm going to kill the bad cells. Yeah, it's going to kind of kill you too. Right, but I'm going to damage some good ones. Mm-hmm. And your job is to go down to the gym when we're done, and and fight me. Nice. Put blood back into those cells. And I think it was all horseshit, mm-hmm. but it worked. Placebo, so it got me. Yeah. works. He saw me. He read my my obsession and mm-hmm. said, "This guy." So then I'm fighting cancer by working at my body. There's nothing else I can do. I can't give myself medicine. Yeah. I can't, you know. So that's what I did, and I lost like 15 pounds, and then I just kind of got. I mean, I work out probably two and a half, to three hours. Wow. Are you on TRT or anything? Five or six days a week. <laughs> wow. That'll get you there. Uh, are you on TRT or anything? Like, uh, no, no, that's surprise. I, I, as soon as I hit 30, I'm going to hop on it. I think it's something everyone. Oh, testosterone. Yeah. Um, I have a client that did that and I think it's a smart, I, I oh, do, but all men should be on it. But my problem is that there's some research that prostate cancer feed oh, one of the, the next course. thing that would happen it to makes me everything grow yeah yeah the next thing that happens to me mm-hmm. if mine comes back is yep. they will try to put me on um, estrogen they will try to kill my testosterone so you basically become like a woman yeah and become like a woman no because you 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 get menopausal yeah, no, yeah. all Absolutely. that stuff and when they when i did my treatment they said we would like to put you on the testosterone limiting stuff and mm-hmm. i said no way yeah because I'm a man mm-hmm. and I want to stay. A you man. go downhill as soon as and, you start losing testosterone. Like. Right, and so so um, so I've I've had it tested. I'm borderline that I could do it. It would probably help, mm-hmm. uh, just in my attitude and stuff, and some of the you know that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But I'm afraid. It's just for me. I'm a little bit afraid. I don't want to bring the cancer back. Yeah. So you you know. Until I get more research, there has been other research that says there's no connection. Mm-hmm. But until I have enough that I can say, you know what? Because if like, like when I hit 70, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I might at that point just do it. Because what the hell, I'm going to die in, you know, 10 or 15 years You think anyway. you're going to die at 80, 85? You know, my parents both died at 83. I think that's a good age. I don't know. But you know what? Who I knows? just <laughs> I just had my, um, if I have to wear adult diapers, then yeah. I don't think I want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. But then that might change too. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, sudden, I think you know everyone I mean? you always that. have a limit and then yeah. you go bad, but you, and then you get there, you get to your last breath, you say just one more though. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. So I you know, I don't know. I'm pretty active and I'm a very active. And I went to like the lady came here the other day, I'm getting insurance and she had to do a blood test and she was testing my heart rate and stuff. And she goes, Oh my god, your resting heart rate's like forty seven. 
And I said, I know. That's absurd. She says, that's crazy. She goes, you have the heartbeat of a 20-year-old. Mine's 120. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went, that's crazy. So that, so I felt good about that because mm-hmm. my dad had heart disease. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't look at it that way. I, 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 I honestly do believe that um, I will die when I'm supposed to die. I, yeah. I don't think there's... I, I don't think... To me, there's not... Um, like oh Rick died and, and we're you know and in my belief system and that God's gonna go oh shoot I was over there that talking to Michael accident. and I totally forgot and Rick de- yeah. is dead now mm-hmm. I, I just think if if I was killed in the car wreck it was that's what it was gonna be if I died of this that's what it was gonna be I mean I think I'm not gonna go that's I think one thing cancer taught me I beat it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going one day before God tells me I'm going. Yeah. When my number's up, it's not like I... I and, and why would I want to? He's just giving you a warning. Like, hey, Well, you know what people said? Real. People <laughs> used to say, I'm praying for your healing. And so oh, okay. this is what I used to say. Mm-hmm. So did God tell you he wants to heal me? Yeah. Well, no. I said, then what the hell are you praying that for? They'd go, don't you want to be healed? And I go, well, of course I want to be healed. Mm-hmm. But, th- but I said, but what if you... What if God goes, okay... I was going to kill Rook now, but, you know, Tiger prayed this, and I'm going to honor that, and I really don't believe this happens, but let's just say. You don't want people to pray for you for anything? No, 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 but listen, let me finish my story here. Give it. So what if you then pray for me, and then 10 years down the road, I get dementia? I'll kill you. Yeah. I don't want to die of dementia. Well, you'll forget that I prayed for you. Yeah, I'll forget (laughs) who you are. Um, But there's things worse than dying of cancer, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be here longer than I'm supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I said, they said, so what should I pray for? And I said, why don't you pray that God's will would be done and I can accept it? Because then it's freer to live that way. I'm not mm-hmm. living in fear that, oh my God, tomorrow my cancer is coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to come back. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm, but if it does, it's going to take me a couple months. Mm-hmm. But I would be back. I want to get to this point where I go, okay, this is part of my story. This Deep is- down in the back of your head, though, do you think there's a chance you'll never die? I mean, that's the, the no, great writer a, said on the end of, end of his deathbed. He said, everyone, everyone, their entire life knows that everyone dies. But deep down, I secretly oh, I don't thought think he, I might be the exception. No, my boss that owned KEZI, just, yeah. he's 59. He just died oh. Sunday. Wow. He's 59. He had pancreatic cancer, lived for a year. <sighs> Sorry to hear And that. there's this crazy thing that goes through your head. And you go, you know, one day, um, and, and as you know, I'm 60, so that's not really that old, but it is to you, but not to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to this point where you go, I said to my wife, um, you know, one day one of us is going to be Scott's wife and we'll be the only one left. And that's going to happen mm-hmm. unless we're both killed Murder, in a car suicide. wreck or something. No, yeah. Double suicide. <laughs> suicide pact. But, but you know what I mean? So you start looking at going, so I think, Tiger, the thing to do with all that mm-hmm. instead of to fear it is to go, okay, so I really need to be at 22, you will not live forever. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to be doing the thing that makes you come alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I I had a guy that I knew, guy's name Richard Gorsuch, and he said to me one time, Rick, you know what? You need to find the thing that makes you come alive and then do it Mm. because there's too many dead people walking around. There's too many people who are just waiting for retirement. Mm. I'm I'm just living for retirement. I'm going to do this. You are retired. You're not not wasting today for a better tomorrow. You are enjoying today. That's retirement. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope I'm 70 years old and still going... Hi, we're here in Burns, Oregon today, yeah. and I'm talking to millennials, and and, <laughs> and they'll and, be your age by then. And I'm learning <laughs> what they do and what yeah. they think, and you know what I mean. And those people, I think that's 
Um, I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting a motorhome, but if you hate your life so mm-hmm. much that all you want to do is get is retire so you don't have to you do speed anything through anymore. The next ten years, right? I mean, oh, God, if you wake up, what? You know what? There's going to be a day yeah. when I'm going to be like my boss, laying on my deathbed, and going, think of all. The Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, I could not wait to get through to get to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But you wouldn't give for one of those. Exactly. Oh. Add all those up, and what did I lose? Like six years oh, of man. my life or yeah. more? And so I try to keep that in my mind to go, mm-hmm. don't live for the weekend. Yeah. You live for that, you know. Be present. Just enjoy yeah. the moment. That's all you have. Right. I right. know you have a hard out in the hour. We just hit 59 minutes. You got to go? You got to no, go in a minute? I have a haircut at 4 o'clock, so I'm good for... We can go 15 more minutes. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, so do you have any What, calls? are you having fun? Yeah, I love talking, man. Some of the, I've had one three-hour show. I've had a really show. good time with you too, Tiger. Yeah, this it's, is a awesome. bl- it's a blast yeah. getting to the bottom of what actually... That's well, the, where all the interviews go bad. People always ask about the past. Like, oh, what was your... How did you get here? What was your childhood like? I'm curious. What is your future? Oh, man, that is that's a lot That's my train, train. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's your train. You guys, we, I have my own train. I'm not... That important <laughs> private jet. They, they don't even yeah. get it. You want a private train? Then you can sleep. <laughs> no. So uh, what's the question? Um, I think a lot of interviewers do it bad. Like they have these incredible people on, and they say, "Oh, how'd you get here? What was your childhood like?" I'm like, I'm curious about what is exciting you right now about your future. And so that's why I think makes but for better shows. It's like, what is making you get up in the morning and be like, I cannot wait for the day. Um, it really yeah. is knowing, um, especially with Explore Again, that my wife and I, when we go into a town. You get to work um, with your wife. Yeah. I mean, and she's, she's not, she's not uh, like out there like that mm-hmm. and she's learning. And so we're finding ways to get her. So I kind of trick her. Yeah. I do an interview with her and then yeah. I slip it into a story that way because mm-hmm. she's better. I'm really good live. She's really much better when she has time to think about stuff. So we're finding ways of doing that. So it's kind of really like we've been married 36 years. We've Mm -hmm. been together for 40. And we're now just finding these little pieces of ourselves Mm -hmm. that are amazing and really fun because we're doing this together. And we go into a town and we're driving into these little little teeny towns. And you're going, what are we going to do? We're going to, you know, do this Tarzan swing. Mm -hmm. We're going to love on these people. We met these two boys that came with us from the school. I said, okay, if we're going to do this Tarzan swing thing, give me some kids because I want to know what's going on in Cave Junction from a kid's perspective. So they had a transgendered boy person Mm -hmm. and his friend. And we had the most interesting conversation. And you feel, and they got done and they go, thanks for inviting us. That was so fun. So you know what it is? It's like I'm, we are impacting people. And rather than being the governor of Oregon mm-hmm. or the secretary of state, I'm going into little places and covertly and subversively just loving on people, telling their story. And, and they'll I go th- their entire lives right. making that little ripple effect. I bet if you won secretary of state, you would have died of cancer. I bet I, bet I would have. That's and crazy I think, to think of. Or been shot. Oof. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've always said somebody would have assassinated me. Yeah. Because I, mean, I don't, you I don't do well. You wouldn't have had spark in life. Yeah. No, That's and it would nuts. have killed me. It's just like KZI was that taught me a lot, and then it's it, 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 when I hit the curve mm-hmm. and came down the other side, coming down, it was like, okay, get the fuck off the train, yeah, because this is gonna this is gonna kill me, and and I waited too long. I mean, I really did, but it, you know, and I don't ever look back at my life ever and say I shouldn't have done this. I think everything I've done has gotten me to this point mm-hmm. where it's like you know we are not living the dream. I got to work hard to get sponsors and all that stuff. But when I go, um, you know, when I get to sit down with, with my friend Matt the other day and just watch how paying attention and listening and being truly interested 
and what it is that got him into meth and got him into this, um, to see how much that lets him be himself. Mm -hmm. Um, God, I wouldn't trade that for anything. No, that's what the only thing that I really (laughs) truly enjoy in life is human to human, just talking to people. Right. Right. That's all there is. And especially like loved ones, like your partner. And here's a really interesting thing. There was a poll and it was, if your partner told you that you've got to drop a friend, would you drop your friend or your partner? Everyone voted that they dropped their partner. I'm like, how, what is the world coming to when That's people value bizarre. a friendship over a partnership? I mean, 40 years, you would heed her good wisdom and be right. like, maybe this friend is bringing well, bad to my that's life. That's kind of an interesting thing that's come into our life. <clears throat> Since I've had a business coach, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I am like a lab. So I'm super loyal to people, even if they're shitty. Yeah. And my wife is now managing more of our company mm. because she is much more, she'll sit down with potential people that are working with us and she'll ask them the hard questions and she won't let them off the hook because she's really good at that. So after all these years, that's the part of her and me that, so I found a new part of her that I need and she needs me, but, but I need that part to keep me in line and to really manage me. And it doesn't make me embarrassed. I'm no. not, it doesn't, to me, it's like, well, that's probably why I ended up marrying her yeah. is because there was a void in my life. There was a void in her life. We fill that void. You found the mirror of you. But if I could be you, yeah. I wish I would have found that at 40 years ago. Oof. You know, The importance of a relationship or the, the no, importance the, of being the, different? who she really was. Yeah. It's so funny because <clears throat> my partner and I are very different in one way. She loves animals. I cannot stand animals. And it's such a, it's such a weird thing. Cause if we live together, like, I mean, she has a dog and it's, it is the biggest thing. Cause I mean, no relationship, right. you're the exact same. Right. You know? No, 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 no. Uh, you know, that would almost, no, you be- always, I think that that's, you find people that are the opposite of you, but in, in this movie, the Western stars, yeah. uh, Bruce Springsteen says something, I can't remember what it is, but he says, relationships are two people with holes and gaps looking for someone else to help fill their holes mm-hmm. and gaps. And it's, he says it different than that, but that's basically yeah. what he means. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true. And I think 100%. what happened, what I wish I would have figured out sooner mm-hmm. was that Kathy and I, we filled each other's gaps and stuff, but then there was still these deeper gaps like that. Yeah. And I wish we would have gone like that. Oh. And it took us, t- it took us t- timing is everything but I wish because you're having kids and you get into you know I'm doing my work I'm doing this your career but now that's what I I would I would say to people when you get into your 50s and 60s oh my gosh it's the best it really is because there's no more games you know and we know each other so well I mean you know I'll just I would I mean, sex is better Yeah. because I, I know everything about her. She knows everything about me. And it's like this dance. I mean, yeah. it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't happen as much as when you're 22, <laughs> but you, you but know, you still got your prostate. But you, hey, yeah, so I, yeah, <laughs> I could still get a boner. <laughs> no. And you, so you still have those things going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it becomes more intimate because you don't have all the distractions and stuff like that. So when you have conversations, you can play, we have a game that, our coach wants us playing and it's like you you say okay you know play the game and then you have to assume you you say something to the effect to the other person like um i feel like right now you're not really listening to me and then the other person says to you um you know um i am listening to you okay then what did you hear me say Mm -hmm. so then it's like i heard you say that that's not what i meant so then you explain what you meant. So you never get to tell the other person mm-hmm. what they mean or what you, you you're always do this. Instead, yeah. it's like trying to figure it out. And I'm telling you, Tiger, when you do that, it is the most intimate thing because you get to this point where you're like, 
wow, I really don't perceive you on that right. And so then it takes you to this different level. So, I mean, that's the hope. If you as people can stay together in a relationship for that long, which is such a rarity these days, I mean, then that's the good shit. I mean, that's when it gets really, really fun. I mean, there's yeah. moments in my I'm brain. Sure I'd, bad days. I'd go back and be 22 again, too. Because <laughs> that was when, you know, it's, you're like, you know, like yeah. rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> but as you get older, it's just this really interesting uh, dance that mm-hmm. you get to do. Well, I imagine you have a lot more stability in your life now compared to your early 20s yeah. is chaos. Yeah. I'm curious, right. do you like that, that more stability or did you like the chaos more? I like the stability. I, I think I have chaotic stability okay. because I, we're never like that's we, the goal, <laughs> right? We never have. Um, I mean, we we know our budget. We're doing really well, mm-hmm. but you you always are kind of you know you're never. It's never like a thing where you're going. Well, I don't have to go to work today because I'm just going to poop around and stuff yeah. like that. I'm always, but I love being productive. You know what I mean? I like it feels when good. when I come in and go. Oh, I got a show today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, I like that. It's the only reason I'll get up. Though. Like those days, right. I will wake up at 6 a.m. But days that I don't have anything, I'll sleep till 1. So what do you do when you're not doing this? Making money. So uh, this uh, this winter break, me and Kenzie are going to go to Hawaii for 10 weeks or, or 10 days and just camp on the beach. But what do you do to make money? What's your job? I just do random ass little gigs and side work. Uh, I might actually get a job as a personal trainer just helping soccer moms get in <clears> shape. <throat> Which will obviously work, but um, I'm eventually hoping to turn this. I've been doing this for three months, you know, but I've been creating stuff between my album was seven, seven, seventeen on my 20th birthday. So it's been about th- two years now, a little, almost three years. Of so me. you just do odd jobs to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. does your wife do? Is she a wife? She's going to school for nursing. She okay. was a horse trainer and it was just such a toxic community and there's no real way of becoming stability and you're risking your health. And I'm just like, I told her, I'm like, I'm not going to be with someone who's going to risk her health. And then like, if we have kids, like, you know, like so many things, like I need some more stability and less chaos. All right. So, and I'm in a lot of chaos right now. I'm, I'm trying to find more stability, but it's a trip, man. I'm I'm hoping to be there. I'm giving myself two years of more chaos until I'm like, all right, I'll get a salary job for, to just to pay the bills till I can eventually make it. Right. And you know, that's, I, 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 people, I think, um, what, what I find interesting is like that for me, the jobs that I never thought that lumberyard job. Yeah. Why would that train me to be a news anchor? Well, if I had never done it, I would never have understood things that I worked with so many reporters that would go in and they'd you know get the story, but it yeah. was boring. Mm-hmm. And it, because I understood how people think, because when you go in and you know, you got to, <clears throat> I'd have people come in and go, I want two by fours and no <laughs> knots in them. And I'd say, yeah. you know what? When God starts growing trees without branches, I'll call you. But yeah, for now, really. that's what you There's got. It's going to be a fucking knot. So you there. knew a way to just, to, to and, and that has been the best skill that I ever had. But I never would have learned that. And, and I think how many people would say, oh, going to a lumberyard is what's going to teach me how to be a news anchor. Mm-hmm. That's what it did. So I think people miss opportunities to take weird, random jobs. Yeah. Instead of looking at it like, well, that's not my career. No, but it might lead you to the thing that you're really supposed to do, yeah. and you have no idea about that. You know, you convinced me. I'll get a job, man. Okay, I'll no, get no, a no. job. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> if you looked at jobs as, 
I think if we, all of us... Training from but, God but, but, for but, your but, real career. Well, but what about like people, even retire people or people mm-hmm. as they get older, look at this as like, this is like my lifeblood. This is keeping, I don't, not the money, yeah. the money's an aside, but this is keeping me alive and fresh and real and connected. Yeah. And I think so many people are disconnected right now. And it's because they're not, they're not experimenting with, you know what I think would be super fun to be a waiter for about a month. <laughs> Just do it for a month because yeah. I know it's super hard work and I, oh, yeah. I respect them so much. But I think I'd learn so much, one, about how shitty people can be, but two, also about that. Everyone would recognize you'd have to go somewhere else. I'd have to go to another you'd town. Have to. No, but you know what? Here would be great. a great little thing. Go work at a gas station. And, oh, and, my God. But for real. Like, just go in and do yeah. it. And they're going, what happened? No, I need a job. Yeah. And I'm working at a gas station. And watch people go. Oh, how weird. How weird. Everyone would be like, did you know Rick? You'd be talked Rick about did, by yeah, everyone. Rick Dancer, we're going to a gas station. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with we're going to a gas station. But that's one of those jobs that you don't expect people to do. Yeah. I mean, and, it'd be like seeing Elon Musk at a gas station and be like, what? But on you know, earth that, that would be, I, I always thought that would be kind of a fun show to do is to do a different job every week for a mm-hmm. show. Yeah. You know, and you go, okay, so, and, and really do it. Kind of like dirty jobs, but yeah. not as produced as that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I love about what I do too is because um, what I get to do is because there's, there's very little production value in it and where everybody's moving to red cameras and the newest, mm-hmm. oh, look at this. And I'm going, mm-hmm. you don't need that shit. I got a, a cell phone and a movie yeah. and I put them together and I can do anything and people watch it because mm-hmm. it's rough. It's real. Yeah. And phones play in 1080p. Why do we need 8K fucking cameras, dude? No, you, you know, and, and people sense. do it because they have production value for movies. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. But most stuff that I was at a seminar and they said, if you have a video and you produced it and you paid $5,000 for a video and it has a, a, you know, like a drone shot at the beginning, yeah. you're wasting your money because as soon as you, as a, a, a post, a after millennial, mm-hmm. see, the drone shot, what yeah. goes in your mind? Oh, it's tacky. They're commercial. Yeah. They're selling me. And as soon as that thing, remember Toyota, yeah. you know, then they're yeah. selling you. But see, when I go in there, I say, hey, you guys, you know what? We are here in Harney County because Toyota's motto is let's go places. Yeah. And because of them, let's fucking go places. we're taking you there. Yeah. And people cool. come on and they go, thank you, Toyota. So they're getting the kind of press they'd never get with a commercial because it's me laying it on. You guys, bottom line is I can't do this without Toyota, but their whole motto is let's go places. So yeah. let's go. Yeah. You know? And that's why it works as magic like that. I like it. What's the best place you've gone? Because we only got three more minutes. You got to get okay. a haircut. Your hair just cut. Your hair looks just cut. <laughs> no. I do it every two weeks. <laughs> do you really? I do. I started shaving my own head. I just I just cut it all, buzz it all one length every couple weeks. See. I'll grow it out eventually. This has been, this has become a thing. It yeah. has its own website. No, look, oh my God. No, I guess. People go, you should <laughs> have it here. Because people come in and they go, my barber. Yeah. He, he uh, over here at Renegade. Um. Mario says, God, I get so sick of every I want that wrecked dancer haircut. But that's why we do it is because he's getting ton, oh tons God, of business off of it. You know, that's yeah. how people are. So what was your question? You said something I had. What's the me? best place you've gone um, for this whole uh, exploring? Okay, right now it's uh, the, the, the best one, that the best thing that I got to do was this cattle roundup we went on, my wife and the I. The 12-hour day thing. Uh-huh. And it's because... Um, uh, my my great grandparents were ranchers mm. in Eastern Oregon, yeah. and when I was on that horse and stuff, just felt I felt good. like there was something natural about it. Like there was something spiritual. Mm-hmm. Not to get real weird, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it was like this is like who I am. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I love simplicity. I love that connection with nature, with animals, with um, life. 
Um, I, I get tired of my life is on social media and I spend a lot of time on there because I have to. Mm -hmm. But I really like this, like yeah. you and me sitting here having this conversation. I love it. And that's, this is like that, you know what I mean? So the roundup is like when you're out there and when you're with people like these ranchers and all of a sudden you're out there for you know hours waiting for the cattle yeah. and all of a sudden they start, so how did you get into this? Yeah. And, and then you start finding this kind of Real. humanity thing, mm -hmm. you know? So that's been the most, we've done a ton of fun things, but that's been the one that I think I found a little bit of Rick nice. um, in the cowboy world. I like and it. Well, everyone go, go watch his show. Go watch that episode. I'll link your, uh, your Facebook page to, to follow and your okay. website's in the description. Yeah, come see Explore again. And Tiger, thank you. And I want to do this again sometime. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Anytime. Okay. All right. Take care, man. Yeah.